Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Hey, this is the Headbangers Vault. This is the B1 Bomb. And I'm the Smuts. What's up, everyone? And tonight, Schmutz, we got a big mm-hmm. guest star yep. all the way out west. That would be a Mr. Michael Drive. What's up? Yeah, how's it going, Mike? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you coming uh, on here. Coming on, yeah. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself here. Well, I'm a, uh, let's start with family. I'm a first-generation American. My mother came from France. My father came from Belgium. Uh, they both didn't speak any English, and they met mm. on the beach in Los Angeles in Venice, so, which is where I came along. Uh, I was raised actually speaking French in the home. A lot of people don't even know that. I never really talk much about it, but I rewrite and speak French fluently. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, I've even written some songs uh, in French as well. So. Okay, That's did not know that. Really neat. So, Mike, take us back to the beginning of your career and tell mm-hmm. us how this all started for you. Okay, so I was about 16, I think it was, when I wrote my first song. And then what I did was uh, I ended up three months later, I performed it at a uh, talent show at, uh, at high school. What was really funny is that very first performance, uh, I remember dropping my pick, and I didn't quite know what to do. I, I didn't know about saving picks on your guitar and everything. Uh, so I <laughs> I dropped my pick on the ground, and I stopped playing, and I started searching for it on the ground. It was in front of, like, 1,500 people. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh. That was my first experience at, at performing. That's a scary um, first then, experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. But then I got other musicians together and, and, you know, formed a first band. And quickly thereafter came Baron Cross. Baron Cross was my first real band that uh, was formed while all of us were yet in high school. And uh, we were all still living at home mm-hmm. with our parents. And so we did that. And through friends and family that uh, funded our first demo, we recorded a, uh, a first demo, an album called Believe. It was just a six-song EP, and it, it sold about 4,000 copies really fast, which caught the attention of our, our first record company. So it was Star Song Records at the time. Uh, we signed with them, and, and they put us back in the studio, recorded three more songs, put that out, and uh, that became Rock for the King, from which... Our second record company actually bought out the contract. They noticed us and, and really wanted to sign us. That was Enigma, Enigma Capital. So they signed us and they bought they bought up the contract. And then then came Atomic Arena and State of Control, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, when you were with Capital, you were on there with a lot of different uh, bands. Different bands, you know. There's Slayer on there, Poison, Rat, Striper, Striper, yeah. Motley Crue, Motley Crue. Yeah, that's right. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's kind of a weird combo, but. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like writing and recording for your first album? I, you know, that's always been one of my great pleasures. I love recording as well as touring and, and playing concerts. It's just, uh, you know, it's a beautiful gift that I, I can't take credit for. It's a gift that God gives. You know, like, for example, you have something in your life that you can do 
mm-hmm. that you're really good at, that you're really good at, but I can't do. You know, if everybody's given a gift. We just have to figure out what that is and use it and nurture it. Um, I did that. And it was just a, it was just a super rewarding experience for me. That whole part of my life was really rewarding. Coming into my own as far as my writing style and as far as working with other guys and co-composing with them as well. And, and then the concerts that started happening. I mean, the whole thing was just, it's indescribable, really. It's, it's, you sure. know, God's gift to mankind are just indescribable. I agree completely. Yep. And that leads me to my other question kind of a two-parter when you guys went out on tour for the first time who did you guys tour with you know that's interesting because most of the time we just did our own shows okay. we actually didn't tour with anybody huh. other than we actually at one point we did tour with striper a little bit oh wow okay. um but uh other than that we mostly did our own concerts and just went around and, and actually had bands in the hometowns where we were Mm-hmm. Uh, open up for us that's typically what we did when we came into a new town uh, the promoter would get a band that was that was in that town and, and to come and open up for us yeah. or sometimes we would take take a band with us but nonetheless uh, we did we pretty much did our own shows okay you know we did run into a lot of different bands that we ended up playing with such as white cross for example mm-hmm. and um Neon Cross, where there was a few of the bands that after us, they, they started naming themselves Cross at the end, you know. But, uh, <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was funny. But anyway, yeah, just a lot of the bands that were kind of, you know, a lot of those bands, Vengeance, and we were all friends. And uh, there's another one called Precious Death. And a lot of those bands, you know, we just kind of crossed each other's paths. Also, George Ochoa, who I'm working with now in, in my new band, Human Coach, we knew each other way back in uh, 1984. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, and okay. him and I actually ended up doing a demo together back then. And he was in a band called Profit in the early days, and, and they played with us as well. It was just, uh, yeah, it was kind of like one big happy family, really. Did you guys ever play on the Sunset Strip in the 80s with the big hair band explosion? Oh, yeah, we did all of them, we did uh, the Roxy, the Gazaris at the time, uh, the Whiskey, what else did we do, the Troubadour, mm-hmm. um, okay. and some of the other clubs around town, uh, one called the, the Country Club. So how was that scene back then? Was it really as crazy as what they say? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> we were on the tail end of I mean, the, the, the scene was even more wild in the 70s, from what I understand. Oh, wow. The Troubadour, back in the 70s, had big bands, like Elton John and different bands would come and play this little hole in the wall called the Troubadour. So it's kind of like iconic in a way. Okay. And uh, yeah, we played there a couple of times. And, and yeah, basically the whole subset strip. Wow, that is awesome. Yes. Now, did you guys also play at the Cornerstone Festival? Back- yes, we did. Yeah, we played Cornerstone Chicago uh, and also Cornerstone uh, California as well. I've been there once and it was a really interesting experience to say the least. Especially camping yeah. out for like three days. That was kind of rough in the summertime, but hey, we made it. <laughs> well, a lot of interesting like, well, people. Yeah, just like that old, you know, Woodstock and those other places, you know, people, they come together and they just kind of hang out and camp out. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Did the grunge movement affect you guys at all back in the early 90s? Uh, no, no, not at all. In fact, there were a few bands that I liked out of that movement. Uh, the Foo Fighters in the very beginning, there was a band called Filter 
that I like. Mm, yeah, yeah. But a lot of the bands I found to be uninteresting, and I think that's when music started taking a dive in my view. Bands like Nirvana or, or I mean, they, they were huge, but uh, and Smashing Pumpkins, I, I just I didn't get into it as much. They yeah. had some good songs. I like some of the some of their songs, but um, it but, was just basically kind of like. I don't know. It was too unpolished. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and it got real commercial after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Alice in Chains was a group that I liked, though. I, yeah, I don't they're, know. yeah, they're yeah. good. Yeah. I totally agree with you on the Smashing Pumpkins thing. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan. They have good songs, like you said. Yeah, they got some good ones. Alice in Chains still think they're really good. They put out really good albums today still. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, I think music has really taken a dive since then. Uh, I, I agree. And, yeah. and creativity has just gone down the tubes. Yeah, yeah, I would agree too. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of bands overseas that just remind me of like early or late eighties, early nineties, yes. and they're really good. I really enjoy listening to them. And a lot of those bands are signed on Frontier Records. Yeah, there's there's a whole movement of bands in Scandinavia, Northern Europe that mm-hmm. do like the heavier stuff. Pretty popular over there. Uh, but I, I lived in uh, Europe for about six years, and so oh, really? I was okay. exposed to a lot of the scene over there. Now, Mike, I do have a question for you. When you left Baron Cross, was there another vocalist that took over for a while? Yeah, just uh, just to fill in the spot for the European tour okay. uh, that I ended up not going on. There's a, there was a guy named Finch or something. I forget his last name. Yeah, he just filled in the spot at that time. So you weren't really out of the band? You just took a break or... What was going on at that yeah, time? Yeah, you know, I kind of say really kind of what the Eagles said when they got back together. Uh, you know, we were never really broke up. We just took a vacation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't really see Baron Cross as having ever broken up really. Um, okay. I don't know. Things happened and we ended up living in different places and kind of, I don't know, just stopped working for a while. But, uh, mm-hmm. but then we got back together and, you know, we did a reunion and, we did another reunion, and then, we'd, you know, we just kept playing every, every once in a while. So, yeah. Yeah, I seen you guys over at the Immortal Fest about a, a year and a half ago. That was the first time ah, I ever you seen there. you guys live. Yes, I actually met you, and you took a picture with me and my son because of his very first concert. Uh, I think I remember that. I so, remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. Very excited to see you guys. And trust me, he did was very it? excited. <laughs> and trust me, he was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy the show? Yes, sir. I sure did. Oh, we had a good time. They got a really big lineup coming up next year, too. Yeah, I think we're playing as well. Uh, not turn across, but uh, Human Code. Okay, yeah, I've there. seen that. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys can still go over there and do that. And we're only like an hour away from that place, mm-hmm. too. Yep. Oh, really? Where are you located? We're over in Indiana. I've got a nice touring story that happened in Indianapolis, if you want to hear oh, it. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Absolutely. So this was on tour in, I think it was for the State of Control Tour. And the show in Indianapolis, we did the whole show. And at the very end, uh, before the encore, we actually we were playing the song Living Dead. And right at the very end of the song, Ray lifted up his guitar. He was right next to me. And then on the last downbeat of the song, he came down really hard on my head. Oh, his, his, his Jackson guitar just... Uh, the, the headstock split on my head oh. and blood started gushing out of my head. And then uh, <laughs> he broke his guitar in three places on my head. Right, I'm sitting there wobbling around on stage. I, I didn't fall down, but I'm wobbling, okay? Right. And, uh, and we're going up this ramp uh, to go backstage because that was the last beat of the song. 
And then, you know, everybody's screaming for more. And I'm saying, oh, I got to go back out. You know, I've got blood coming out of my head, but I want to do the encore. And they said, no, you're going to the hospital. No, no, I want to go on stage. We've got to do the encore. But they would not let me to, to oh. save my life. They wouldn't let me do the encore. So oh, wow. <laughs> I ended up getting taken to the hospital with about, I don't know, six stitches or something. Oh, wow. That is crazy. Yeah, that stuff does happen. I got one more Baron Cross question for you here, Mike, before we move on. What is your sure. favorite song to perform live and also your favorite Baron Cross album? Okay. Well, let's start on my favorite Baron Cross album. I would say that that was Birth Pangs, which is the double live album yeah, that we did in, uh, in Europe. We performed in Switzerland in 2012. And then uh, that became a, a double live album and DVD and, and all that. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just really liked that performance. I think we did a great job mm-hmm. overall. And just, yeah, that would be my favorite. Uh, as far as favorite songs to do, I really like Genetic Dysfunction. Now, a lot of you guys aren't going to know that yet because that's coming out uh, oh, okay. on the new Human Code album. So yeah, one, of the, one of the songs on there, and it's really a dynamite song, and I just really love to play it live when we do play and uh but other than that i would say second to that in terms of a baron cross song would probably be the stage of intensity yeah that's a good one mike uh do you prefer like writing songs and recording them or do you prefer playing live and with people it's different for everyone so what do you prefer the two are very close and interconnected for me if i had a preference it would probably be the live performance I just really, really enjoy being on stage and performing uh, and singing. And singing is such a beautiful gift. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and and plus, the recording aspect is also something just in and of itself that is a beautiful thing and rewarding as well. I've got my, my studio set up in my house, and I'm, I'm doing my lead vocals. There's a certain spirit and tranquility that comes on me about when I do this. You know, Whether it's the Holy Spirit, I don't know, but it's just really great. I just really enjoy doing that beautiful gift again that God gave. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. Moving on here, I want to talk about some of your other projects that you've done in the past, specifically with Bare Bones and Gale Force. Can you tell us a little bit about those two projects? Sure. Gale Force was an album I recorded in 2020 with uh, Tracy G. He was the guitar player for Dio for about six years. He played on several Dio albums. And that was, that was an interesting album that we put out. Co-wrote the whole album with uh, the other guys in that band. The, the album was called Subhuman. If anybody's interested in that, that's, that's available on my website, michaeldrive.com. Okay. By the way, as well as the Baron Cross Birth Pains album I mentioned earlier. Uh, but anyway, that was, yeah, that was a pretty cool album. That's, that's crazy that I'm you really, it collaborated with a guy from Dia. How did you know Tracy G? How did we meet up? That's a good question. Uh, you got me there. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Well, what made me think of that is because I took a lot of crap in high school. I'd wear a Dio t-shirt, and uh, I got a lot of crap. I'm like, these guys ain't devil work. They're just rock musicians. I mean, they're just playing rock music. I could say that, too. But in, in my view, it's the influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the influence that, you know, whether they do it or not, it's, you know, the album covers that Dio put out. Right. There's an influence on people with that. Right. And uh, for that reason is probably why I never bought a Dio album. Uh, even though I, I really admired his lead vocal style, and for me, he was one of the best lead mm-hmm. singers in rock. Yes, uh, yeah. but I couldn't bring myself to really support it. But nonetheless, you know, I can see the quality and I can see the talent. Yeah, they had mm-hmm. a beautiful talent. Oh yeah, yeah, beautiful talent. He just didn't use it for God, you know. But well, it's awesome anyway. that you see that, and you just you know you don't agree totally, but 
it's awesome that you see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely appreciate that. Okay. And as for Bare Bones, Bare Bones was an album that I, I wrote and recorded with, with another guy named Kai Reese in uh, Orange County, California. And uh, that was in the mid-90s when I did. In fact, uh, that was the same year I recorded the Bear Cross Rattle Your Cage album. I was living in Northern California at the time, and I drove down 500 miles twice a week. Wow. I would drive down to Southern California, uh, actually south of L.A. even, to record both of those albums consecutive at the same time, actually. Mm. Uh, the Rally Page album from Baron Cross and the, the Bare Bones album, and I did that for six months. I would drive down because I had an obligation during the week up there, and so I, I would drive down to perform on these albums for about three days a week and then back up in Northern California and then back down with the same week. And then, yeah. So That's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of miles. Wow. A lot of miles. That's dedication right yeah, there. <laughs> but those ended up being two pretty cool albums, you know, the, the Rally yeah. Cage album from Baron Cross and then the Bare Bones album. The Bare Bones album was a bit more on the, uh, had some of the, you know, 90s heavy rock influence. But, you know, I still stayed true to my, my writing style and my performing style. I did get the bare bones through the mail back in the day before there was email and all that good stuff. I still remember oh, yeah. getting that. Pretty excited. <laughs> all right. I miss those times. Yeah, I do oh, too. Absolutely. When I say that, I mean, I miss those times when you weren't, uh, you know, glued to a cell phone all day long. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I admit, you know, I, the amount of times that I pick up my cell phone now, it's, it's just, just way too much yeah. per day, yeah. you know. Yes. Well, no one thinks about and, it. <laughs> it's just there now. Yeah, I know. It's part of everybody's life now. It's <laughs> not always a good thing either. No. Right. So, Mike, tell us about your current band, Human Code, and what should we expect from you guys coming up in the future? Well, Human Code, I'll start with what the name's about. Human Code represents pretty much all the things that make up who you are. Your mind, your emotions, your intuitions, what's in your heart, your intentions, you know, and the paths that you take, which govern your movement through life. Uh, that's pretty much the human code. But anyway, enough of being philosophical, but, you know, the group is just a great band. It comprises of musicians that were kind of known out of the heavy rock movement on the Christian side okay. um, back in the day as the first. So myself, Baron Cross, and then George Ochoa, he mm -hmm. was uh, the guitar player for Deliverance. And... Uh, head of two other bands called like Recon and Will Do. Also, the drummer uh, Terry the Animal Russell. He came out of Holy Soldier, okay. uh, and then the and then great bass player Todd Libby. And so the, this is a band that we formed a few years ago and just started writing together. Me, me and George started doing a lot of writing, and then we came up with a lot of songs that we recorded together. Ten or twelve songs out of which is going to be the new Human Code album, and I'm really excited about this. It, it, this is like the best work that I've ever done. So this is, uh, for me, this is my best work yet. So I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Do you know when that album is going to come out? Yeah, I would say by uh, spring. Okay. okay, that's good to know. Looking forward to that. Yes. And another thing, another part of the team who's uh, producing with us is Dino Elefante. Wow. He's done a lot of big monster albums in the past. Yeah, he's great. He's a good friend, and he's uh, he's awesome at what he does. I really enjoyed working with Dino uh, and John Elefante on the, the Baron Cross albums, and so now he's working with us, uh, Human Code, and it's fantastic. And George Ochoa is producing along with me as well. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Do you guys plan on going on tour for this album? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. So 
you know, that's uh, up to God, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm, he brings sure. along. Yeah. You know, so, but uh, I'm ready and willing to do whatever he wants, so. Well, we wish you a lot of luck on that. Absolutely. Yeah, I like Thank that. Thank you. I like yeah. it a lot. Hopefully, we'll see you guys live at some point. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. A few more questions here for you. A little more personal, kind of. If you could open up for any band, who would it be? Let me think. Are you a curveball there? Yeah, we did. For any band? Yep, past, present. I'll pick the Rolling Stones. Good choice. Okay. They just put out a new album not too long ago as well. Who would have thought? Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Just heard one song, and it was actually pretty good. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. Next question, who are some of your main influences? Oh, yeah. Now, that's interesting, because my influences are very different from a lot of people. Okay. When I grew up, the thing that was really popular at that time, well, there were two sides of the fence. There was New Wave, there was Metal. I came out of something completely out of left field as far as all my friends. Nobody I knew was really into this, but I was into the uh, the British progressive rock scene. That means bands like Yes, uh, King Crimson, uh, UK. There's a band called UK. Not a lot of people know who they are, hmm. but Bill Bruford played with them, Eddie Jobson, John Wetton. Anyway, these are names that anybody who might know about progressive rock would know. But uh, King Crimson and also some bands like Early Genesis from the early days when Peter Gabriel was in the band. Or um, see, uh, there was a few American bands that were progressive that I really liked, like Kansas. Yeah. And of course, everybody knows Carry On My Way With Sun. Oh, yeah. And Dust in the Wind. But mm-hmm. they put out a lot of songs that had a lot of time changes in their music. Just a lot of movements, mm-hmm. different, mm-hmm. different movements within the same song. And that, that's the kind of stuff I was really attracted to. And then I started getting into metal a little bit, and but I still gravitated towards the British band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, I like you know I like Iron Maiden. That was okay, one band. I was going to ask that. Um, yeah. not, He's been a, dying to ask you this question, yeah, because, Mike. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of songs that remind me. You sound almost like Bruce Dickinson. Yes, you do. Yeah, I was uh, wondering. You probably I get that I'll, a lot. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I, I'll take that as a compliment. I would say the reason for that is my voice in the upper registers is uh, similar to Bruce Dickinson, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, in, you know, in the upper registers. But yet, if you listen to what I do now, especially in the last several years, I have a style that's, that's very different from Bruce Dickinson. When you hear the uh, the album that we're going to put out by Human Code, you'll still hear some, some similarities in terms of the, the upper tone, the tonal quality. Mm-hmm. But uh, vocal style, I have, I have a different style. And he's a good singer, and I've always respected him as well mm-hmm. for his style, again. Well, thank you for saying that. It's been bugging me. I've been wondering about it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you bet. I must say also that I have some variables in terms of styles that I like. Believe it or not, I like the opera. Okay. Um, I like going to an opera. And I also like some classical music. Um, I do too. Tchaikovsky or Bach or Mozart. Yeah. I don't mind the opera, but I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind the <laughs> Well, it, it depends. There's certain kind of opera styles I don't like, but I do like the opera. But anyway, right. so there are other styles of music. I don't really get into country too much, but... Uh, you know, I, I can see some of the talent there too, but right. uh, here's another one. Motown. The Motown Ooh. of the 70s is mm. something I really like a lot. Okay. Because the grooves and the melodies, mainly those two things, the grooves and the melodies, mm-hmm. Motown of the 70s was really cool. And um, and then, of course, a lot of 70s rock bands like Led Zeppelin, and, you know, I really yeah. like as well. Classics, mm-hmm. yeah. That does lead me into my next question about some of your favorites. Who are some of your favorite rock, metal, or even hair bands from the 80s and 90s? 
I would say back then I listened to a lot of the Scorpions. I originally heard the Scorpions Animal Magnetism album, and I was really turned on to that. Uh, I really liked Pink Floyd. They've always been one of my favorite bands. The Wall, to this day, I think is one of the best rock albums Classic. in history. And what are the bands that I like? Super Tramp. Yes. Okay. So, so, you know, there, there are a lot of bands that are not necessarily metal that I really liked, you know. But then I kind of gravitated towards playing stuff that's a little on the heavier side. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did you like the band Rush? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention them. Yeah, that yeah. was always one of my favorites. They're one of my favorites, yeah. too. Schmutz yeah, don't like those guys great. too well. I'm, I'm just not saying anything. It's always I, an inside <laughs> joke on our podcast. Yeah, I, they are very talented. They are very talented. I say that every time. I just, you know, I just don't crank it up. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> You're forgiven for that. Thank you. <laughs> so Mike, did you ever see Pink Floyd live? No. Uh, I wish I had, but no, I haven't. I got to see them live in 1994 on the Division Bell Tour, and it just blew my mind. Oh. It was incredible. Oh, yeah. Best concert that, I've that ever album, seen. That album marked me. I, I really liked the Division Bell. Yeah. That was good. I really got hooked when I heard that. I have to throw that plug out there to Pink mm-hmm. Floyd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Finally, Mike, what's next for you and your solo projects and Baron Cross? Well, um, Baron Cross, not sure. That's always a possibility to do more recording with that band, but I don't know yet. And uh, Human Code is the main band that I'm focusing on right now. And so that is something I'm very proud of and uh, I'm very pleased with with what we've done. Uh, And also there's another album that I've I've been engineering, actually. There's a a friend of mine who was a, a big recording artist for Sony years ago. Her name is Shy Coltrane. So she's coming out with a new album. She's one of the greatest musicians in the world, one of the greatest singers mm. in the world, in my view. And her new album is going to really show that. But anyway, that's oh, something I'm excited that about. Yeah. So that's going to come out somewhat soon as well. So my, that's my work with her. But uh, yeah, Human Code is, again, that's my main focus. Right? I look forward to that coming out. Yeah, I mean, me too. I really do. Right. And I am going to say that the song Light the Flame is my favorite song. That's helped me out through some hard times. Mm. So mm. I'd like to say thank you for that song. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Uh, that was uh, that was the second song that I ever wrote. Oh, wow, really? That's awesome. Seriously, that was literally song number two. Appreciate you, Mike, coming on here. Definitely. Thank you so much. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. I, I appreciate you guys as well. And I wish you Godspeed and the best with your show. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, Thank God you. bless, Mike. We appreciate it. God bless it. you. Thank you. All right. God bless you guys. This is the Headbangers Vault. Check us out on Spotify, Podbean, and all that fun stuff. And what Nikki Lane says, If it's too loud, you're too old. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Keep rocking out there, everyone.
For listening to the Headbangers Vault, bringing you the best in rock and metal music and music talk with your hosts, B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Check us out on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you'd be interested in being a part of our show or advertising with us, please visit our webpage at headbangersvault.podbean.com. And remember, if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs>